This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squiz. Squiz is a student experience platform that offers a full suite of solutions developed exclusively for higher education. Squiz has so many exceptional products that are worth checking out, but the two that I've been most impressed by are their custom site search product, Funnelback, and their website platform, which is a true DXP. And don't worry, I'll explain what that means in just a second. For the next wave of digital natives, search is not ancillary to navigation. Search is navigation. And Funnelback enables schools like yours to build custom smart site search. So that way your nursing program actually comes up when someone searches nursing instead of that one nursing faculty event registration page from like two years ago. And their DXP, it's so much more than a traditional website CMS. A CMS is meant for exactly what it claims to be, content management. It's an important part of your marketing tech stack and important part of the student life cycle. But that's just it. It's just a part. A DXP, a digital experience platform, is built to be the hub of your MarTech stack. It relies on powerful integrations, data management, and an open platform in order to create the kind of experiences simply not possible with a normal CMS. Say goodbye to the finicky plugins of WordPress and the crappy site architecture of Drupal that hurts your SEO and get ready to meet the fastest, most powerful, and most personalized website platform for colleges and universities on the market. Today, the student experience begins online, not at school. And as an enrollment marketer, your job is to ensure that prospective students find what they are looking for as quickly and as easily as possible. Squiz is the secret friction reducers that schools across the globe are using to not just attract the next generation of students, but nurture them to the point of enrollment in a way that is conducive and not counter to how they consume information and make purchasing decisions. You can learn more about Squiz at enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Again, that's enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Welcome to Fanatical Fridays, a weekly podcast where I sit down with Mickey Baines, a principal at Kennedy & Company, which is a higher education consulting firm, to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. I'm Zach Buzicruz, founder here at Enrollify. Enjoy the show. All right, so Mickey's getting his notes uh, ready. Mickey, um, what are we talking about today? Two-way engagement. Two-way engagement. Not one-to-one. And I don't mean walkie-talkies. I don't mean walkie-talkies. Isn't it funny how, like, I feel like two-way engagement kind of implies one-to-one, but we call it, like, two-way engagement? I don't know. I guess one yeah. plus one equals two. That's interesting. But... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. No, I, I don't know I'm why. just tired. I, I'm well, just it's a tired. Two-way okay? radio because well because yeah the communication. You know what? Two-way engagement. This is it because it because it's not one way. It's not email. Yeah. Being pushed out. Right. It is two-way live back and forth communication, and so that means not one to many, one to one, going back and forth live. And I want to talk a little bit about how how it will be shifting. I think for the next couple of years, um, based on coming, hopefully, I, I'm tired of saying this, Zach. I want to say I'm hopefully coming out of this pandemic. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, gosh, I'm so ready to come out of this pandemic. But honestly, um, wait, real fast on that note, yeah. I just I feel like everyone. Well, I I guess I cannot speak for everyone, 
most of the people and I run in like lots of different circles and most of the different circles that uh, I run in, like people are just like so tired about of talking about it. Like people just don't yep. want to talk about it anymore. Uh, is, yep. is sort of like my That's experience. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyways, I don't like talking. About it. But but so so here's the thing. Last year, we had to go virtual. Everybody had to do it. And I've not yet talked to anyone that for this cycle, uh, not talked to anyone when we've talked about this cycle. I've not talked to anyone that have said, hey, we had to go virtual. We're dropping 100% of everything we just did last year to go back to the other way. Yeah. Everybody's maintaining some level of virtual. Um, and whether it's a little bit or a lot. And the thing about virtual is it opens the door not that it wasn't occurring before, but I think it's better for prospective students now that enroll in an institution without ever setting foot on that campus. Hmm. Before orientation, they didn't do a campus tour. Um, you know, they they were. I'm not saying they were stealth, they, but they went through the process digitally the whole way until whether it's orientation. Last year probably was even a virtual orientation, but whether that was. Uh, orientation or come August, they move to campus. And I'm focusing, again, I'm seeing this is primarily about traditional undergraduate recruitment or maybe face-to-face uh, -face graduate program recruitment. Yeah. But yeah. but that we, we had to transform and try to offer that experience. It required us to create different types of events, different types of content. And that there's enough of that now where I believe you will see more folks being able to do it. And I've, you know, I've talked recently with folks who said, hey, this, this experience last year, actually opened the door to new markets because we couldn't get physically to certain places and talk about, talk to certain students, but virtually we could. And because we had to put all our eggs in that basket, we were able to create that. Well, those markets will still exist. I don't know anybody that says, Hey, we, we've created a new market. We're going to shut it down now. Yeah. Like yeah no yeah, one's yeah. going to shut that down. And so that should continue to be enhanced, but that then means we need to, maintain all everything else that goes with that and that's just adding more to our plates with that to me means we have to become very efficient and effective with that and that means that extra type of communication that two-way engagement has a lot of room for growth so a lot of people last year talking about chat whether it's artificial or whether it's real and live but adding that component i see it a lot on websites and I think it's important that we talk about it for a few reasons. Yeah. One, um, maybe twisting what I just said a little bit, to, to put it this way, students will establish the medium with which they want to communicate with us. Whether we go fully back to the old way or not, we all know we cannot spend all of our time one-to-one -one seeing and, and communicating with students. Yeah. Um, we don't have time to call everybody and follow up after our fall season's over. Um, and students A or B, students don't want it. They don't want you to call. That's why they're not answering it. And that really is, I think, applicable to every population of student you're recruiting. Yeah. Um, but students will choose a method to engage with you. And I want us to say, let's commit to keeping that mode of communication with them until they opt in or tell us they want another mode of communication. Doesn't mean we can't ask, but we don't approach that other meeting without asking. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And just to chime in quickly here, 
like I think one of the big things that we're missing, at least in the conversation that I'm a part of in sort of these greater higher ed circles around how prospect behavior will or will not change in the coming years in light of everything that we've just experienced over the last 18 to you know 20 months now. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that the thing that's missing is like, I don't feel like enough people are talking about like how dramatically routines have changed. Like, and, and will will like mm -hmm. have maybe forever changed. Like, and what I specifically mean by that, I was having a conversation with somebody uh, a couple weeks ago and they were talking about their budget for radio ads. Okay. And this is a undergraduate institution. And one of the things I asked um, them was, Hey, uh, so you, uh, how much of your target audience like actually is, is sorry, this was a graduate institution, not an undergraduate institution. And I was asking them, you know, talk to me about your target audience. Uh, how much of your audience is actually still like commuting to an office, right? Like radio for, for them, like had historically been like, okay. Uh, and they had allocated a, I, what I thought was a relatively significant budget to radio spend over the next uh, academic year. And in short, like it was, it was as if like this, like light bulb went off and they're like, oh, I mean, most of the people that we are targeting for this particular program are probably working remotely still and or have the flexibility to work remotely still. And it was like, they were about to go drop some serious change on, you know, traditional radio spots. And it was like, they just remembered, oh yeah, wait a second, even though I'm back on campus and even though I'm back in the office and even though like I'm commuting back and forth like I did previously, that's not that's not true for a huge uh, uh, portion of the population. And many, you know, folks who are, who make up sort of the graduate students sort of like key target demo right now. Anyways, sorry, I don't want to, you know, get off on that, Mickey, but like what you were just saying about ensuring that we are setting up systems and processes and uh, uh, we have tools at our disposal to help students access us and access information that is uh, important for them to access in light of whether, yes. where and when and how and where they decide to like enroll. It is yep. the power has never been more in more in the hands of the consumer than it is today. And th that I just really don't think is going to change. Well, so here's 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 kind of one of, one of the next kind of I think statements to connect all of this together. If we keep this all, or keep portions of what we did last year, so that there's this virtual opportunity for students, we can't. You know, one of the ways we were able to do that last year is because everyone was in the office. Yeah. We weren't on the road going anywhere. Yeah. Once we pivot back to doing more of that, well, if you brought in chat last year for part of this virtual component. You can't give up on that. You can't let everybody go back out on the road. Somehow you have to still cover and maintain it. If you forego the chat but keep everything else, you've just lost that opportunity for that engagement. Yeah, Chat is better than email because it's live and in the moment and we lose the urgency. If someone starts a chat, rather than filling out a form, they want information now. And if you drop that, you lose that opportunity for that information now component. Yeah. So we have to keep that. The second thing I'll say with this is we had to rush and do a lot of this. Uh, and so it was a little bit of a shotgun approach last year. We went and got a chat tool if we didn't already have it inside of our CRM other technology tools that we had. We um, added more texting or brought in texting if we hadn't been doing it. And that may have been um, not as strategic as we normally would have done, but we needed something on the fly that was easy for us to use. If that 
if those technologies that you have do that allow you to chat and or text don't integrate into your other tools, you are really, really missing out and you need to stop at a high level, rethink what the strategy is for both of those tools and ensure that you have the right tool that can integrate the CRM because the, the next step of that is now that we're going to sustain this virtual opportunity, we need to start measuring it. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the measurement and the virtual enrollment process needs to be in the CRM. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. If you've got a cool chat tool that you added to your website, but that doesn't integrate the CRM, that's not the right chat tool. You need to get something that will integrate because you've so, got to start to understand, A, the timing of the chats, not just when the chat starts, but between chat and student action. Yeah. The topics of the questions that are being asked that might help drive other content that goes along. As And, and, and everybody, whether you want to admit this or not, if you're a director or a dean or a VP of enrollment, whether you want to say this aloud to your team or not, you look at how each of them convert with their own prospective student pools. You need to see how your staff convert on chat. Yeah. Who's better at it than others? Yep, yep. Um, and then the next stage of chat, if you have live chat, is to get to automated chat so that when you're not there, there's an automated thing. But you can't. the way to inform that and build the automated opportunity is to start tracking what is being asked so you know what the conversations are about. And therefore, you can convert that into an automated version. You have to do that. Same thing with text. Got to do the same thing. And I would start to look to say, how many students do we have one-to-one -one text chats with, not just sending bulk texts out, and I'm talking one-to-one -one text chats, and how well do we go from text to action? We want to start measuring that. We did that 15 years ago with email. We need to do it with these other forms. Yeah, yeah. And we want to improve. If you can improve and get it right, you will see an increase in the digital college selection process from your prospective students. Yeah, so I know you were going to say something. I'll pause there. No, 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 no. All, all of that is so good. And I, one of the things that's just running through my mind as as you're sharing all of this is like, it's almost like you, admissions teams need somebody. Again, I know that so many admissions teams are you know understaffed. By the way, there, did you see that Inside Higher Ed article that came out? I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday. Uh, what day? Which it, one? It, uh, higher Ed's invisible understaffing epidemic. We should do a whole episode on that because um joshua kim he I, is today what did this was published on the 19th today is the 21st so a couple days ago yep. anyways worth yep. reading and talking about so all that is to say is i know that like you know admissions teams from in most cases are strapped for time and resources and people and and yada 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 but it does seem to me that like there needs to be somebody whether it's the director or the director designates somebody to do this that is really dedicated to thinking about like communication channel strategy like everything that you're saying mickey I, what's running through my head is like, okay, somebody's got to make sure that like, we understand our strategy for chat, our strategy for Facebook Messenger communications. Oh, by the way, like our strategy for like DMs that are coming in from Instagram, you know, from, from, um, from, I mean, not that most 17 year olds are on Facebook because very few of them are, but like even Snapchat, like when folks are uh, uh, sending a snap directly to an institution, right? Like, Somebody's got it. Somebody's got to be thinking. And again, Marcom in some cases handle some of this, but still, I, I, we're seeing sort of this uptick in admissions-related questions or queries coming in from like channels that Marcom, I guess, in many cases, technically owns. But like, admissions does need somebody to th really critically think through what is 
the tone, the style, what are sort of the order of events, like in a perfectly ideal sequence, what is the information that we want to deliver to people that are on a program specific page of our website, and a chatbot pops up or, or the live chat is there? Like, what are the three or four or five questions on that page, knowing where the user is that we need to be sure are being answered so that one, we can, you know, save our, our staff time and, and whatnot. And I, th- I don't know that like, there's enough conversation happening about like the integration of those channels. So you're talking about integration from a CRM standpoint, and I 100% agree. People should not buy, not be buying tools that are important to their recruitment strategy that don't integrate to wherever their single source of truth lies. Um, and if you are doing that, like again, I would argue that you got there. There are plenty of tools we should we could talk to you about sort of like what tools make the most sense given your. Uh, you know, tech stack. But in addition to sort of the integration technological component here, it's also just about like the strategic component of like, who is who is thinking through these various uh, channels of communication and ensuring that there is a common sort of like narrative, a common sort of uh, uh, order of operations being delivered to these prospects. So you're a little ahead of me there, Zach, in that um I'd say let's hold that for the next couple of uh, weeks of episodes. Yeah, I know sure, that sure, I wanted sure. to kind of jump into this topic today with a couple of others on it, and this all connects. Um, but kind of where you started with that um, understaffing, and then the the ability to connect and have conversations through social media or through the chat. You know that we, let's get to that. Let's, I want to, that is an, I think a future episode because I want to dive more deeply into that because I have some thoughts around that and how we, um, a, let's talk about the gap between what we have right now and what that requires. Because I think the reason you don't see people jumping in that yet, you say we need a strategy for it. Um, well, I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand what that really means and how it works to do then to develop a strategy around it. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. B, I don't think that's just an admissions thing. This is where enrollment management, uh, connects if it doesn't already on your campus with marketing, because this is a shared thing that has to occur because this is not just marketing. This is not just sales. Um, it's sales cutting. I don't know. That's, I don't know the word, um, but it's, it's the two together that have to be strategized together and executed together, seamlessly aligned. If you don't have that, this will never work. For you yeah I, I, and i don't I, you know i don't always draw lines in the sand but i'm telling you this model this being able to engage through chat and social media and all these other ways dms whatever it won't work if you have together and we're going to talk about why i think in coming weeks i'm going to give you a hint though what zach you're just talking about content this work virtual enrollment students selecting without coming to campus yeah they had to do it last year they didn't have a choice now they have a choice some of them will still choose to select a school digitally without being on campus they've yeah. always done that but the schools who will win more of them will be the ones that can give that student all the information she or he needs to make that decision yeah i mean like it, that it, requires it, content that doesn't yeah. exist and it, it's it is really silly because you're right like uh, and I want to let you dive more into what you want to talk about too. But last note, huh, and then I promise you, I'll shut up. Is like, you know, how many restaurants all it, it, during COVID, right? All these restaurants had to pivot and they had to start like offering delivery, right? And 
many for mm-hmm. many many restaurants this was the first time they ever had to do something like this right how many of these restaurants are now saying never mind you, you know what uh let's stop doing delivery like no more uber eats no more none of them are right they realize oh my god there's this amazing new revenue you know channel for us well what's happened is that they now have to stat they they need more team members they need more cooks in the kitchen right and they're having to adjust and there's a obviously sort of like labor issues and shortages right now and, and whatnot that we don't need to go into but like the point is I haven't heard of a single restaurant that has said, you know what, never mind, let's cut this off now that we can bring people back inside, right? And in the same way, it's like, we need to figure out, like, sure, will students come back to in-person events and will campus visits become a a thing again? And will they be thriving like they were before? Probably, but you just got a a generation of people like addicted, not addicted, but like you introduced them to a new way of doing things. And you can't just cut that off. You have to fuel that. Um, and I think that that's the that's the that's what you're getting at, Mickey. And the challenge for higher ed is like, okay, we just launched something. Uh, we we opened this you know uh, this faucet. We can't just like turn it off. If we can't turn it off, how the heck are we going to manage and staff this appropriately? So, let's make a commitment. To uh, I know I've got a couple other weeks. We want to talk about connected things here, but let's let's commit to taking this and the next two weeks of, of topics and continuing to peel more layers back to really get to the heart of how that can work. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and I have thoughts about it. Um, and I, and I want to kind of share that. Um, but that's too much to start at this point, I think in this episode, like there's so much here, um, to do because let's, let's, I want to just use your restaurant as an example. When I say peel the layers back, let's talk about some very big details of how restaurants, yes, they might need to have more staff now, but think about it. If I'm a cook preparing a meal in the kitchen, um, when COVID hit and we were able to open back up for takeout only, I moved all the plates out of the way and put it into go containers. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I need both. I don't have room on the shelf for both. Yeah. I have to address that right? I didn't have a dishwasher because I didn't have any dishes to wash. The cooks could cook the pans, but the dishwashers that were cleaning the dishes, now I've got to go back and hire someone new because that doesn't, that didn't, didn't have a need for that. I need to hire a second person to prep plates. One of them is prepping plates for in, uh, in-house eaters. The other is prepping to go before I can have a single person do both. Yeah. Or the person doing the to-go orders could be the person at the, the host or hostess um, or a person running a register can't do that anymore because there's too much of it right so the you know getting that ready from cooked food into the plate with all the sides and everything that's that's another position i've got to train someone to do that and now i have to have room for two people to stand in my kitchen for that yeah yeah so so what are your detail yeah and like so like what are your predictions and i will get way more into sort of like how we actually do this and like some ideas and frameworks uh in the in the coming episodes um, but like, just right off the cuff, like, what's your prediction? Like, what what's going to happen here? Are, are schools going to have to dramatically rethink how they staff teams? Like, are admissions your is your average admissions team just going to have to like double in size? Like, is that even like possible? No, like, I don't what think do you it's going to happen. No, no, they're not going to have to. I don't think they're going to double. I don't think they're going to be able to double. Yeah, yeah. That that there there are very few schools that could do that. Um, I think we have to shift responsibilities and roles. And we have to be willing to do that. And there has to, we have to figure out what is the compromise we're going to make 
to expand in this new area. And depending upon where that compromise is, is where we'll have to shift a role, whether that means taking someone and moving them to a new responsibility or eliminating one role and creating another. Hmm. Yeah. No, no one wants to do the latter, but depending on where your priorities are and where, you, what, where you're going to make that compromise, you might have to make a compromise in an area with a position and someone in that position that's not capable of doing the new requirements of the, the, the new role. Yeah, yeah. And so we have to understand that. Um, do you also think so, like do yeah. you th- do you think any institutions will like move to more of like a distributed workforce model like 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 I was actually um, uh, just talking to somebody who is a product like engineer or product manager um, for uh, American University. I was talking to him the other day, and he was calling uh, me from Iowa of all places. I was like Iowa, like an American University for this you know who don't yep. know is in DC, and. Um, I was like, wow, like, how, are you guys still working remotely? He's like, oh, actually, no, I, I joined the team uh, four months ago. And yeah, it turns out like uh, because they're an institution, uh, product managers are a lot more affordable if they live in Iowa than if they live in the in, in D.C. And it was it was like, of course, you hear about all this stuff happening outside of higher ed. But it was the first time like I had heard. And obviously, he's like a tech. He's in a, a more technical role. He's not in admissions. Right. But I was like, wow, are, are other schools like aggressively thinking through and, and and experimenting with the distributed workforce model because if so like i haven't heard a lot of buzz it's, it's around a, that. It, it's i would say niche uh, um, yeah, yeah yeah niche roles i don't not 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 temp, not necessarily temporarily niche but it's it's an issue that i've not heard that to that level i think there are other areas where they're where they're doing it um it is one yeah. so areas where you have potentially outsourced to a third party before or other institutions do more regularly then other then those institutions know that hey schools are doing i don't know opm stuff without yeah. having people on campus or outsourcing it help desk with it so then we can take those same roles if we don't have them as third third party or we want to move off of that third party and do it in-house but we don't have to have them on campus so um uh, the the online curriculum instruction you know development yeah. developing the you know that that is another one of those areas where you may start seeing and I know of some that are distributed that do not have those positions they're not hiring them to be on campus um, but I but I think that's that's still a, at a, um, a a very small minority yeah I mean obviously online learning um, as schools have grown, especially with adjunct faculty, they are not saying, Hey, this faculty member needs to be local to us anymore um, because it's online. Um, you know, that's, that's been around. And I think that helps open the door for the, um, the curriculum development positions, you know, of, of moving that way. IT's kind of been that way for a bit. I've, I've, uh, uh, we have a, a good friend of ours, former client who, who has an IT person uh, on the team that is from Arizona. Mm. Um, and, and works remotely for, I think three or four days a week and is on campus once a week, but comes up from Arizona to California. Wow. Okay. Um, we, like, what? Um, uh, um, so uh, yeah. And I don't know, obviously I, I'm assuming that, uh, he did not do that during the pandemic, but, uh, but that, you know, you, you, we see that, I see that a little bit more here and there, but again, it's still isolated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like to your earlier point too, and to our conversation just around like, staffing and and ensuring that you've got people who know how to not just have plates or not just have to-go boxes in the kitchen but can operate in a kitchen with both like i wonder if you'll see 
you'll see schools hiring admissions support of like, hey, like we want, we don't care where you live. We want somebody to really manage our chat. And we really want somebody uh-huh. to, you know, think through what is our chatbot strategy and manage all of that and understand sort of admissions goals, be, you know, part of the team. But like, really, your role is to focus on uh, communications related to the website uh, that are obviously admissions related. And in theory, like so, somebody like that, like what they could work wherever. Like why why do they yes. have to be on campus? They're not giving tours, right? Correct. Correct. So let's I think so let's say, say a chat bot or or a digital or live chat strategy. Let's what I would say is before we do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm always getting say, ahead. I'm always like, Oh no, 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 no. So but but what I would say is let's have a digital engagement strategy yeah. and understand how text plays into that, how email plays into that, how chat plays to that, how virtual tours play into that. What are all the components of it and how do they all play together and how do we make sure that they're aligned? And then what needs to happen? There's a technical piece, a technology piece that has to occur to, to make that function. Then there's a content piece. There's a staffing piece. You know, how does all of that play together? Let, let's, let's talk about that in yeah. the coming weeks. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And I, I, I do think that this topic is, is I, I mean, fr- from everything that I'm reading on social from folks, like this is a topic that people are like actively interested in opinion on because I think that everyone's doing it a little bit differently. No one really knows sort of like what the next six to 12 months uh, is going to look like. And I do think like, the way in which teams think about staffing the te- their teams, forget sort of like whether hybrid, remote, in person are gonna is gonna be required. But to your point, and I know that we're gonna we'll unpack this later. But like the kinds of skill sets that we're talking about, right? That admissions teams actually yes. need in the future. That is also just evolving very very quickly. And so I think like this this uh, little sort of like mini series makes a lot of sense um, because I think it's it's the these are questions that everyone is asking right now so if that's what they're asking then i want you and all your colleagues at enrollify to be sure they all know this is what they need to listen to for the next month yes yes no for sure we will we'll <laughs> blast that, we're we'll blast everyone with questions. more emails yeah yes. um <laughs> no but no i i think that i think that's that's great and i'm really really interested in unpacking this with you so let's plan on that um anything else you want to make sure that we say uh before we before we sign off today Keep listening. Keep listening. Keep listening. This was basically a long teaser, like a long trailer. Yes. <laughs> well, we got a little we got into a little bit of detailed content, but I think we also unpacked a few more topics that we want to cover. Yeah. And the details that we will need to provide to help folks better understand how to put it into action. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the problem is uh, for our listeners is Mickey and I end up talking too long before we hit record, and then we're like, "Oh God, we gotta like we 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 got meetings to get to. We gotta hit, yes. you know start recording. <laughs> we should maybe we should just, maybe we should experiment with just like hitting that record button as soon as uh, we uh, we hop on the Zoom and just see what happens. <laughs> that should be a special. Uh, let's let's do two recordings. One where we do that, and then one where we pivot to the actual recording, and it can be a before the episode. Everybody does the after. After the episode conversation yeah, was recorded, yeah. this is before this it is happens. Before, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, let's I like do one that. of those. I like yes. that. All right, sir. Special content by down by download only. Um, you got to give us a name and an email address. We'll gate yes. the pre-show yeah. conversation. Yeah, the pre-show, the blooper reel. Yeah. Um, yeah, there we go. Good. All right. All right. Chat more soon. Thanks for the conversation. Uh, looking forward to the next several weeks. All right. Stay tuned, everybody. Mm-hmm.
Hey friends, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Fanatical Fridays with Mickey Baines. If you have an idea for a topic you think we should cover on this show or riff on, please feel free to reach out directly to me at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at Enrollify.org, and I will bring it up with Mickey, and we will chat about it on an upcoming episode. So again, that's Zach, Z-A-C-H, at Enrollify.org, and reach out if you have questions, comments, thoughts, ideas for things that we should be talking about. All right, guys, take care, and we'll see you next week.